0: Hi guys, welcome to the Art of Acquisitions podcast. Here we discuss how you can create cash flow and grow your wealth with acquisitions. We have a great guest lineup, including Craig. Craig bought two businesses with 10 million in sales, no money down. And Alan. Alan has led multiple deals ranging in value from 1 million to 9 billion. Yes, that was right. 1 million to 9 billion. Art of Acquisitions. Simply the fastest strategy to create cash flow and grow your wealth. Welcome to Taylor Capital's uh, The Art of Acquisitions podcast, uh, where we uncover the, you know, the strategies, the nuances of how you do acquisitions. Why acquisitions? Well, what I believe is probably the simple, fastest way to create cash flow and grow your wealth. It's not easy. There's work involved. It takes time. But you can transform your life with one acquisition. And today, we've got the great pleasure and welcome Ellie Mackay. Ellie Kai has transformed from, or took that massive step over that bridge from being an employee to an entrepreneur, and now a property kind of owner, multiple property owner, and she also has a, a podcast, she, she does training, and all around, just an all round good egg, to be honest. So, Ellie, welcome to the show, and it's a pleasure to have you here. Could you just give the guys um, listening just a, an insight as to your kind of journey, how you started out, how, how did you get into property? I mean, my goodness. That must have been the fear of hell crossing that bridge, taking that step, the leap into the abyss of the unknown, employee to entrepreneur. That's the scary thing it must be.
1: It massively is. Thanks for having me, Dan. Um, Always a pleasure. Um, well, the, the truth, I was just thinking, how, how honest should I be with this answer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, back in 2006, when I was in my early 20s, how we actually got into to property was my husband and I um, actually sat there like any budding entrepreneurs do, and we Googled get rich quick.
0: <laughs> no way. What, what could possibly
1: go wrong, I hear <laughs>
0: absolutely absolutely um that's one of the the bugbears of everybody's journey you know the get rich quick nonsense there's no such thing there's get rich slowly
1: Um, that's not sexy you know that 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 doesn't sell and we we take full responsibility for for our poor decision making but we actually bought a an off-plan development and um at the time it was when you could buy a property and refinance finance the next day so we bought this property for 125 grand which you know in the world of property is pretty small fry but when you're in your early 20s you know not not on a huge salary that, that was quite a, a big commitment for us but it was going to be the property's going to be developed it was going to be worth 190 we were going to refinance it on the say you know pull our money out or we we're going to sell it and this was going to set us up and and not we were going to go but Funnily enough, it didn't really pan out like that, Dan. Um, We bought the property, the uh, the development got flooded, um, pushed it back a few years. Um, It completed 2010, smack bang in the middle of the recession. Um, And the property that we bought for £125,000 was suddenly worth Um, £60,000. We had put quite a significant deposit down We tried to walk away. That wasn't an option. They were gonna come after us for our existing assets, which for clarity were a secondhand Ford Fiesta, and you know, (laughs) worth about 80 grand at the time. (laughs) So when I say assets, it's very different to the assets we've acquired now. But um, it was really stressful. We had about four months to come up with about 40 grand, or they were coming after us. And uh, we still have that property in our portfolio now, and it's still not worth what we paid for it. But you know what? It was a baptism of fire. but the lessons we learned from that genuinely were invaluable. It didn't seem like that at the time, but I think, it, yeah, it was it was priceless. But it wasn't really until three and a half years ago that we took the leap um, and went all in, if you like. Uh, I was actually on maternity leave at the time. So just, I bought-
0: just, just on that one property, though. That, I mean, that's quite interesting. Obviously, 120 it was supposed to go to 190, went to 60. Holy manoli! We all remember the the, the great financial crisis. You know, if you'd have done that again now, what what would you kind of do differently? Because obviously you're very experienced, you've got property, uh, you know what you're doing now. So if you were faced with that kind of transaction, you know, obviously off plan, um, big red flag number one. So what would you do differently right now to turn that into a winner instead of a loser? (laughs) Basic
1: due diligence would have been a start, I think. Truth be told, um, I think allowing myself to to be sold the dream, basing basing everything on best case scenarios, uh, I mean nobody could have predicted the depth of the financial crisis. I appreciate that, but. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing, we didn't surround ourselves with specialists. Um, I'm a great believer in, um, if you've heard of Steve Jobs, he talks about conducting the orchestra and
0: property
1: or or in business, you don't have to be a specialist in every area. I mean, I personally, I'm not that technical, my husband is, we all have very different skill sets. But what I'm very good at is surrounding myself with those experts and specialists to make sure I've got the the right people in my team. So, when we did return to uh, three years ago, when uh, three and a half years ago, um, I got made redundant whilst I was on maternity leave. I worked in the prisons at the time. I was um, a careers advisor, so just a you know a, a very average salary. Got made redundant. Um, I got seven thousand pounds to pay out, and we literally used that last seven thousand pounds and invested that in our our property education. Um, we so we got ourselves educated. After we'd finished the the sort of basic training, we bought two properties within four days uh with zero capital. Obviously, we used someone's money, it just wasn't yes. her money, which is, you know, the again, the, the art of raising finance, as you well know, is the, the key to success in property. Uh, and we kind of didn't look back. So yeah, that, that's how we got into it. And we went all in, can I just say as well? We we sold our house, we moved into a rental, we invested every penny we had into our business. Um,
0: and, and we'll so, never back. excuse me. So obviously you got 7k redundancy, which is fantastic. That's a great foundation. And then you obviously you sold your house. Now that's a big move. You sold your house, released capital, go went into a rented house to go, as you say, all in. Now that when you do that, burn your shit. And your back's against the wall, amazing things start to happen. When you got some singularity of focus, that's when it, it, all the kind of synchronicities start coming into place, after hard work, obviously. And that's obviously what you did. And not everybody can do that. You're one of few got to take my half to that one. That's amazing. That's an incredible uh, story. So after that, then, what, what then happened? How did you get to be where you are now from there? You went all in. You got some education, which is number one, you know, Warren Buffett, invest that The most um, important asset is you. So invest in you first. You did that, got your foundations, done some deals, and then moved on to scale that. How do you then go to the scale part? Because then you're at a different aspect. You're thinking, okay, I know how to do the deals and how to add value. Um, but where do I get the money, I suppose, the biggest issue? The deals yeah. and the money. There's only two things, isn't there?
1: The, the deals and the money, and they both come down to marketing. And one of the best bits of advice that I've ever had in my life, I actually got in on day one of the property training that I did, and it was through one of my mentors, Billy, and he said, you know, you're a marketer first, <laughs> everything else second.
0: Oh, Billy Farrell, yeah.
1: Billy Farrell, that's a yeah, master of marketing and mindset, a very good friend of mine. Um, But but it's so important because 100% you can be very successful without social media, without that online presence. I appreciate that. There are lots of examples that have done that, but... The power of the brand is not to be underestimated because we've all heard the "Alien, It's not what you know, it's who you know. But we take that one step further and say, it's who knows you. Because in very yes. simplistic terms, if people don't know who you are, then they can't do business with you. So from day one, so I mentioned that we got these two properties within four days, but with our legal system, because it is, it still takes months to, to physically have those keys in your hands. Absolutely. So I, I started posting on LinkedIn, was my, my primary platform. Um, uh, we were advised, again, through Billy of the Power of LinkedIn, started sharing our journey, positioning ourselves as um, a preeminent authority, not trying to say that we'd achieved more than we had, but giving our industry insights, but also taking people on the journey. And for me, I'm very passionate around mindset. I have a young family talking about the the challenges of trying to be a present parent whilst scaling a business and and all the other things that, that seem to resonate with people, actually. And I found very quickly, I was really surprised at, how quickly we started gaining traction and within a couple of months of posting consistently on linkedin we'd actually raised a few hundred thousand pounds and that was without posting one picture now,
0: hold it hold, hold reverse the truck back up you just skipped <laughs> over that as if that's like nothing and, and anybody listening into this might be at the start of their journey thinking i'll never get the deposit no one will ever invest in me and obviously you went from, you know, posting on LinkedIn, <laughs> bringing in a couple hundred K as deposits on property. And that 200,000 might be worth 400,000, five, 600,000 pounds of property, as we know. So you didn't just raise 200K, you managed to get access to kind of 600,000 pounds of property. So that's a, a massive thing you've just done there. And if obviously the relationship's good, that's a continued recycling that money back in. So it's probably a couple of million pound of property over a period of time. Yeah. So... What were you posting on LinkedIn? to Give somebody an insight into your most successful posts on LinkedIn that brought in the dollar. What brings in the fish? You know, tell them about your nets that brought in the fish.
1: Well, everyone wants a secret sauce, Dan. Everyone wants that. that Nobody wants to hear that it's consistency. It's turning up every single day on the day you can't be bothered to post in. The biggest bit of advice I can give people is firstly, the reason I'm so passionate about this is because it's a very common misperception that you need a track record in order to raise capital. And I'm here to say my personal experience, which is all I can speak from, is that just simply isn't the case. People will get to like, know, and trust you through you turning up up continually and and actually my best performing posts are not property specific okay they are the ones where i'm sharing about um the like i say the the daily challenges that we all face uh, people like to keep it real so i'm not talking about sharing every aspect of your personal life that's not what i'm talking about but i think everyone's getting a bit sick and tired of the sort of instagram era people posing outside their Maseratis that they've just borrowed for the day and things like that. People want authenticity because your introduction at the start of this podcast was brilliant. We all know the power of property. We know the freedom it can, can buy us. We know the assets. We know the residual income. You know, I'm hugely passionate about it. But you started off by saying it's hard work. This is not get rich quick and that's exactly the same for social media and I think it's like everything it's a mindset thing so many people treat it as a bolt-on to the real work and for the first couple of years we had quite a lot of um, I had quite a lot of negativity from external influences about my kind of role within the business because my husband was the operational one he's the one who deals with the, the solicitors the architects the, the yeah, QSEs yeah. he deals with our project managers he deals with uh, the <laughs> brokers the full shaban whereas my job really, was the marketing, building the marketing department up, raising the investment. Whereas if people see that as a bolt-on or an inconvenience, as opposed to seeing social media as an opportunity, then there's Absolutely. a massive disconnect. Because how, how is it not a problem? We wouldn't have any projects for Mark Absolutely. to manage or our ops manager to, 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 to be able to coordinate if I wasn't bringing in the funds. And we wouldn't be able to do that without social media as a platform.
0: Yeah, it's the two sides of one coin, isn't it? You know, you, without marketing, you have nothing. And so That may, might be marketing one-to-one or might be one-to-many, depending on what your mission is, what your, requirement, what your what your goals are, basically. So absolutely love that, £200,000 on LinkedIn. We're doing, you know, the same just now, kind of inspired by Grant Cardona in a very, very small way compared to what he's doing. But he started small as well. You know, when he first started out, he, he raised $3 million. That wasn't his first race. You know, now he's up to $2.5 And and we're doing it, you know, raising money by creating a community, creating a tribe with a no like and trust, and actually helping people, serving first uh, and not asking for anything. And then, you know, all of a sudden people pop up and they start saying, can you help me? Can you help me? And that's how we've done it. We haven't really actively, aggressively um, went out for them. We've just started helping people. You know, what's your problem? Let me help you through that. Because I've been there before, like twenty times now, and I'll help you get there quicker. and You'll make less mistakes. So that's kind of how we've thought about things. And what was, what were you going to say there? What's your insights? And in tell your biggest insights to, you know, the myth around raising money is like impossible for me.
1: Yeah, not for I, me. I, I just love what you you were saying there, though, because it really is about adding value. And I think that there's a we 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 talk as entrepreneurs quite negatively against conventional wisdom we think because we've read rich dad poor dad that we sometimes we somehow have all the life's answers and i personally find that there is conventional wisdom within the entrepreneurial world which i don't tend to agree with either i very much freestyle with my social media approach but you know it, it certainly works and I think personally, the more that you add value without a place of expectation, the I mean, there's I have very few calls to action. But what I do do just to just to finish off the loop from the last conversation, yes, some of my best performing posts might be about Lewis Hamilton, you know, winning the world championship yeah. or something like that. But if I get Fifty thousand views on a post, or what have you. Then I make sure that the next post after that, whilst I'm at the top of people's news feeds, is a, a property specific one. But again, there's many different ways to skin a cat. I'm sure, probably it's a terrible expression. That skinny thing. like who like, actually <laughs> skins cats, but <laughs> it,
0: it, it, let's, let's not go down that rabbit
1: hole. <laughs> <I'm not really laughs> um, like it, so, it, I tell you one of my best performing posts in terms of onboarding investors. I put again, it was off the back of a. Uh, non-property related posts but then i put something like boom just secured 10 hmos for one of our london-based investors you don't get mm-hmm. returns like that down south exclamation mark nothing else no details yeah. no no talking of yields or anything like that and my inbox the post didn't particularly perform that well because they never do um mm. but my inbox just went ping and it was just i can't I, I honestly couldn't tell you how many clients we onboarded off the back of that one post
0: as an investor client,
1: investor yeah. clients, yeah,
0: that's fantastic. So there you go. It's uh, it's it's kind of like a two a two jab approach. You know, news jacking, get you high of the out you know, eye up the algorithms, and then hit them while they're they're excited with your names at the top, kind of thing. While the, that engagement is going on, and with something you know that you've just done, a result you've achieved, kind of thing, without going over the top, is your approach, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we, uh, we're kind of consistent on a daily, obviously, every day on LinkedIn and this, that and the other. And uh, we certainly noticed some posts outperform massively over other ones. And there's one in particular. I, I don't really want to go into it, but it was, it, it like had me, you know, the post had me kind of thing. It had me at low, as Jerry McGuire would say. Um, it and was, it was amazing. It was a really touching one. In fact, I, I'll just tell you quickly what it was uh, somebody getting married, walking down the aisle and an arm with an elderly gentleman on the side. And what it was is that her father just passed away and the heart was transplanted into this chap that walked the lady down the aisle. And the post was all about what, what's your legacy? What are you going to leave behind? And it's even got me now just talking about it. It's incredible. So, you know, and that was um, that led into what we're trying to say quite, quite well. And it was great. And it was uh, such a touching post and so many comments and phone calls about this. It's incredible. So it doesn't have to be about, all I'm trying to say about that it doesn't have to be about property, property, property. You've got to shake it up. You know, it's like Forrest Gump. You know, as mom used to say, life's a box of chocolates. You know, you never know what you're going to get. Shake it up <laughs> through the week. You know, and that, I think it's like that. And, you know, stop posting about whatever it is you do all the time. Weave it in like you've just said m- magically. If you want to raise capital to do acquisitions? Follow Ellie's two-jab system news jack, and then on the back of that, punch a result in there.
1: Can, can I tell you something else that I found is a bit of an observation? This this is learning, uh, you know, for, for your listeners to kind of learn through my, my mistakes, if you want to call it that. So this was 2018, we've raised a couple of hundred thousand pounds. So 2019, yeah. we raised, just through LinkedIn alone, we raised four million pounds in private investment. And when we started off the strategy because i mentioned to you we didn't have any projects to talk about so that's why i was going down a different route a different style of content so 2000 because it was working it was a case of if it's not broke don't fix it so 2009 yeah. very much continued with that style all the conventional wisdom within the property world to say show people your viewings show when you're when you're doing this show your before and after photos well, straight away it depends what what kind of pond you want to fish in because I've always found that the air is a bit clearer at the top. And I thought, well, my avatar has always been we, we never I'm going to be completely completely honest. We never got in this to play small, you know. We never intended to to, to sort of be doing a lot of buy to lets. We're looking mm-hmm. to scale quite quickly. Although we've only been full time in property for three and a half years, our combined group of companies has been trading for over a decade. You know, we've got huge aspirations, and so 2019 we raised this four million pounds, and um, I. 2020, stupidly, I allowed certain naysayers to get into my head because I wasn't posting pictures of our deals, there was a few people saying, are they actually doing anything in the property world, this, that and the other. So me embracing my inner 10-year-old decided to be like, well, I'll show you who's not got any deals. Every other day, I'm doing a video walk around of an HMO or a buy to let or one of our many projects. I think we did 30 projects in in 2020. So we, we had plenty to talk about. So what happens, you know, if your marketing is talking about HMOs and single lists, then they're the kind of clients that you're going to attract, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And that might be relevant to to some of your listeners. But for a lot of your listeners who are looking to, to be raising hundreds of thousands of pounds, if not millions of pounds, the content has to be tailored towards that. So I actually earned significantly less because in the feedback I've had from my high net worth investors is they would never have onboarded with me had that been my style of content in 2019. Now even that's, though they're quite,
0: yeah, that's quite insightful, isn't it? They would have never come on board if you'd have been too flashy in your face and uh, and all the rest of it kind of thing. So... Well, no,
1: no, no not, not just that. But I think they presumed I was doing far bigger projects than we actually were. I think right. that was the thing. They presumed that we were doing huge big commercial projects rather than just HMOs and single lets or apartment conversions.
0: Right. So you never actually told them what you were doing visibly. It just, and how did you onboard investors? Is it one investor per deal kind of thing? Is that how you work? Yeah, cool. Yes. And um, yeah, so uh, we're not talking about compliance here, but that's a really sensible approach unless you're going onto another sphere altogether, which is what we've done. And it's taken us a long time to get there six months down compliance, rabbit holes, um, but we're there. But if you can keep it to one investor per deal, absolutely, it's the way to go. But that's a let's just wind that back up there. So 200,000 2018 investor money. Four million in 2019 without really going out there and posting, you know, overly property stuff, posting everyday consistency. So consistency is a key. News jacking is a key. On the back of the news jacking post, a result, what you've done. Um, and then it seems like you're turning push into pull. People are coming to you.
1: Yeah. I, I think as well, we all talk about it, just be your authentic, Phil. <clears throat> it, it can sound a little bit wishy-washy, but... I, Genuinely, when you share the lows as well as the highs, people resonate with that because anyone who's actually got any experience with property knows it's not plain sailing. It absolutely isn't. You know, We've been just on the, the night before securing a multi-million pound property portfolio when our investors backed out. Uh, the, there's many stories like that. And I take people on the journey. I will go and do a Facebook Live. The shit has hit the fan. That will be where it's captured. And I'll talk people through what's happened. I generally do it once I've figured something out because I think that's quite important. I think you want to show people, yes, these are the challenges, but this is how we resolve them. We had an incident recently where we were using an external builder and we just kept turning up on site and we weren't there and it got to the point it was unmanageable. We had to sack the project. We had to take the project in-house and deal with the aftermath of that, which I'm sure you can appreciate. An electrician doesn't want to come in and pick up another another electrician work halfway through. It was a logistical nightmare. But I tell you what, through sharing what had happened and how we resolved it, again, that was one of our best performing posts because people are people want to know ultimately that their money's safe. So they want to kind of know that you've been challenged and that you've got a bit of grit and you've got the the skill set to be able to deal with some unforeseen.
0: Well, absolutely. Under serious pressure, you've got to be able to, you know, be cohesive and, you know, think about what's a creative solution here, whether better win-win for all kind of thing. And, you know, showing those kind of things, uh, I'm, I'm 100% with you. In our kind of mastermind sessions where, you know, people that have invested in projects with us, we, we take them through that 30 day experience. OK, here was a plan, man plans and God's laughs. So let's let's look at where the wheels fell off the car and then let's look at how we then fix that and created potentially a better solution. So we do that all. You know, I love that. I think, um, you know, showing the good without the bad is, you know, you're not doing anyone a service because everyone knows that's a bit of BS kind of thing. Well, it is complete and utter BS because life, you know, to get from A to B, there's just, it's not a straight line. It's all over the place. As we all know, if anyone's gone through that, you, you know that's the truth. But it's incredible to hear that journey and that, that 4 million pounds really, 200 grand to 4 million investor finance. That's a growth. That's kind of Grant Cardone growth, which is amazing.
1: You know what I found, though, Dan. It's I'm a great believer that your business can only grow at the same extent that you do. And when I first got into property three and a half years ago, I was struggling very badly with postnatal depression. And the reason I'm sharing that with your listeners, I had no self confidence. I was having panic attacks. It was a genuine struggle for me to leave my house. So when I did that property training, I was really out of my comfort zone. And I think that's important for people to to realise because now when people see me, I do a lot of public speaking. I'm talking on stage. I've got a successful podcast. You've know, got a multi million pound property portfolio i'm already getting even though we're three and a half years in which isn't a long period of time oh it's all right for you and i share that because it wasn't all right for me it absolutely wasn't i'm just sharing what we've done you know there's no agenda here it was hard work it's blood sweat tears it still is you know it's it's certainly not plain sailing the bigger you get and you know this dan the bigger your challenges get the more staff you employ the the more headaches you have you know business is not for the faint-hearted absolutely isn't but there is nothing more rewarding if you get it right but for me now it's all about that we've heard the cliche your networks your net worth I, i believe that in all aspects of life and for me you know I said earlier your business can only grow at the same extent that you do but you mentioned Grant Cardone and some of the phenomenal people I had the pleasure of spending quite a lot of time with the Cardones when they came to Glasgow you know I was I was out for lunch with Grant and Ellen I sat at the same table as them you know it was just such a phenomenal experience We, we they, they were there doing a and a and a dinner at the night again I was sat right next to them it was it was unbelievable I've just had Mark Victor Hansen who's sold 500 million book copies on my podcast and these relationships don't put money in the bank, but they are priceless. And I think, although the, you know this podcast about acquisitions and raising finance, when you are continually around a higher level of thinking, people that are so much further down the path that you want to travel, firstly, your limitations of what is possible, they, yes. they get eroded. They absolutely get absolutely. eroded. You, you realise that you're playing small. Whatever level you think you're playing at, there's a whole other level and, and that's what really really excites me
0: yeah that's what I, I take away from those kind of meetings as well when you hang about with people that's playing a bigger game uh, it's almost like I call it the art of normalization you hang around depending on who you're hanging around that you know normalizes so you hang around with people with a hundred thousand pound a year mindset or a million pound a year mindset or ten grand a year mindset you know you, you're gonna get a different kind of what is normal kind of thing and as soon as you start hanging around with people playing a bigger space all of a sudden, it's almost like they release your brakes. They anoint you, it's okay to be more. You're, you, you don't need, there's nobody coming down to say, you know, go and do it. It's okay, you can do it too. You have to claim that for yourself, unfortunately. And hanging around with those people makes it more comfortable, normal, that, okay, I can do it too kind of thing. So for me, hanging around with those kind of guys, I think it was 95, we got a first major. And it was a, an American dude, um, a marketing guy called Jay Abraham, awesome dude. But back then, we paid him five grand, which was nuts. You know, if money doubles every 10 years, that's a few quid. <laughs> and and, and it, was, it was priceless because we turned that five grand into £197,000 profit per year. By using his specific strategies, which is lumpy mail. Well, he's got a ton of strategies, but we picked one because he had that many, you could get confused. We just picked, right, let's let's master this one thing, lumpy mail. And we've been using that ever since, and it's phenomenal.
1: You know um, you, you said something there which really uh it really sort of touched me because you, you said almost about you have to present a different version of yourself. The person who wants to raise 20 grand is very different. It's a very different version of that person that will be required to raise 20 million pounds, for example. And I think when we first started in property, you've got to be brutally honest with yourself. And we're all starting from different places. I appreciate this might not be relevant to anyone, but I really did look in the mirror and ask myself, would I do business with me? Would I, if I was a high net worth, would I entrust me with half a million pounds, a million pounds? Well, to be fair, three, three and a half years ago, I didn't mean I paid with, with 30 grand. You know, yeah. that that was the the level we were playing at. And, and the brutal answer answer to that was no. And I genuinely sat there and made a list of the attributes that um did, You would need for if I was going to invest my hard earned capital, what attributes would I look at? Somebody being trustworthy, professional, they need to be focused, need to be driven, all of this kind of stuff measured myself against those and then went to work at becoming that person. Who do I need to become in order to be able to perform at that level? And if you look at who I was three and a half years ago, it's completely unrecognisable. And that's not just your woo-woo stuff. We're talking about getting educated, getting, spending a lot of money on not yeah. just personal development, professional development, development, getting around some of the best business brains. And that also gives you the confidence to scale up. We've all got different levels of aspirations, but for us to have the confidence, especially after our our bad experience back in 2006, we need to mitigate that risk. So we need to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with the the best in the business.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's always my motto to go out and try and find the best. What am I trying to do? Who's done that? not only done it lots, but still doing it is really, really important to me. Uh, And I try and, you know, hunt people out uh, at the best at whatever I'm trying to achieve at the time. Um, Although we've been doing it quite a while ourselves now, um, but I still, you know, you know, one of my biggest, my highest uh, values is learning. You know, deals, learning, and sharing are kind of my oxygen. And so I'm always hunting for those nuances, the strategies, the information that, you know, that I don't know because the world's evolving so it's always changing you know and you have to keep up on pace with it and, and with that in mind you know if you are doing acquisitions if you are raising money then there's no better place right now than social media as we all know and you know ellie's one of the people i kind of you know look up to in the social media space and she's she's absolutely rocking it and um so could you give you know the top three tips what do you do on a weekly basis that people should be emulating right now to create that consistency to create that top of mind uh, ellie Mackay brand on a mission kind of thing what do you do what would you suggest other people try to do not try and do everything What's the top things? The Pareto principle of Elmi Kai's social media weekly agenda. What would be the Pareto kind of power play of that?
1: So three top things would probably be um, find one platform and um, dominate it. You know, become very familiar on that one. Once you've mastered that, you can then go for your omnipresence presence because we all know that there's there's lots of different platforms. My personal experience is that the money is on LinkedIn. Um, I, I am, you know, I do have quite a big presence in the other channels, but. In terms of the raising finance, it's the LinkedIn. Um, it's been you know very selective who you connect with, and then also taking the time to engage. If people are uh, taking the time to sit and write you in depth comments, making sure you respond to that. Um, another tip that I would give it. I mean, this absolutely wasn't my intention. I've set up. You can, you can see my my branding behind the On a Mission podcast. I would urge absolutely everyone to to set up a podcast because networking is at the heart of everything. My mantra is relationships are the highest form of currency. But if you're looking to speak to, you you can identify a list of people that you want to connect with. You might want to just get in their network. You want to to extract information from them, whatever it may be. And just to message somebody on social media and say, can I pick your brains? Like not many people have got time for that, but I found by having a podcast and reaching out to people, the acceptance rate is so much higher because ultimately everyone's trying to promote themselves, promote their business. So it's a fantastic tool for networking and expanding your network. Um, and the the, the the third point I would say, now I've tried, this is again, probably going against the, the grain of the, the, the majority of the wisdom around the, the social media gurus. But we've tried scheduling posts. We've tried having formulas. We've got your engagement pieces. You've got this piece. You've got that piece. Now, I've got to say, I, I just share from a place of truth, authenticity from the heart. And um, I'm, I'm not scared to speak my mind. And with that, you're inevitably going to, to repel people. But uh, I'm a great believer that if you put out your authentic vibe, whilst it's never the intention to, to offend anyone, if you put out your authentic vibe, I do believe you attract the right people to you. So just just be yourself, be unapologetically you.
0: So you don't use Hootsuite or anything like that to schedule posts anymore, you just do it yourself personally. You don't outsource that to somebody else, can you?
1: Yeah, I mean I've got a marketing team, so our company ones are are, are all scheduled. I've got I've got some for the podcasts that are pre-scheduled, like reels and things like yeah. that that go out. But, but
0: but your LinkedIn ones, which is that where the money is, you do you do them yourself.
1: Yeah, I have tried pre um, scheduling them, but I've found that it does impact the reach. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So, there you go top three tips. Number one, dominate LinkedIn if you want to raise money. Number two, start a podcast and start inviting guests on that will bring your customers. Uh, I use Grant Cardone was saying, Who's got my money? Well, who knows the people that's got your money? Start inviting them onto the podcast. So, number one, you know, LinkedIn daily, start a podcast, invite guests on. And then number three, on LinkedIn, which is where you get the money, the big fish, uh, be yourself, don't automate, um, have unscalable conversations. I think is a key um, for me, anyway. You know, uh, and, and I love that. And if you if you love people, you'll have a great time. The many people we've just recently—I don't know how many—when we started our podcast, but it's been an absolute blast. Something how did I miss this? It's been great, loved it, and meet great people like yourself and having conversations uh, and helping people along the way as well. So, um, you know, for me, it's been amazing. I would 100% agree with what you've just said. And uh, so going forward then, uh, I know we've kind of gone over a bit of time, but, you know, I'm loving this and joining us. I'm sure everybody else is. So, uh, you know, going forward where, you know, from 19, 2019, 200 grand in 2018, you raised 4 million in 2019, which is nuts. Forget Grant Cardone's 10X, that's 20X. I love <laughs> that. <laughs> and going forward, what's your game plan now? What's... You know, if there was a if there was a planetary billboard that everybody could see, what would be your message to the masses uh, and what's your personal goal plan going forward with your business?
1: So personal goals for the business. Uh, today we're just putting a, an offer in. Uh, it's been a long time coming. We've been making sure we've got all our ducks in a row, but we're putting an offer in. Um, as far as I'm aware, we're, we're the only contenders to buy a street. I think I mentioned that to you before, that's pretty exciting. That's um, twenty four houses. Uh, we're looking at larger scale commercial developments now, commercial for and also just commercial. And um, so we're we're looking to scale up, scale up significantly. And um, like I was saying earlier, I feel like the there is a sweet spot which you articulated very well when you start getting sort of 1 million, 2 million, acquisition costs, 3 million. You've got a lot less competition. And I feel like a lot of the, the problems we have at the, the lower end of the market are, are eroded. So we're looking to now that we've got the team in place, we've got our ops manager, we've got our project manager, we've got our site supervisor, we've got admin support, we've got a marketing team. We're really ready to, to kind of push. Um, I'm not that operational. I, I, I bring in the investors. I enjoy doing the marketing side of it. But where I found my real passion and purpose really since, so when we started uh, our, our online presence, it was pretty much with the sole intention of, of raising capital. But by sharing the insights and the challenges and, and the vulnerabilities, I'm going to be honest, and that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but but that's why I did. I, I found I was getting so many messages of people telling them not just in the business sense telling them i've inspired them to take action or to set up a business but people saying it really helped with their mental health and i've I've just had the most touching messages from people and i feel like my own personal journey being able to share the the challenges around mental health and depression and anxiety and everything else and showing people that you know it is difficult and I'm very mindful not to project that life is sunshining unicorns because it absolutely isn't. Yeah. That that seems to really resonate with people. And now my my mission is to to raise the vibration on the on the planet to to leave this planet a better place. And I found it to connect with some amazing people in the trajectory room, yeah, the trajectory of on the, the doors that are being opened off the back of it. Here's the thing, Dan. These connections are made with no intention of talking property, no intentions of doing deals. But I'm onboarding clients left, right and centre from doing the podcast. And some of them are fixed return clients. Some of them want portfolios building. Some of them are looking to joint venture on the larger scale developments. I'm getting opportunities to go and speak on big stages to over a thousand people. The opportunities are, are absolutely phenomenal. And I think when we get into flow, when we get into our state of genius, whatever that means for us, um, and when you've got those Antennas up, and you're you're willing to receive, isn't it amazing? I mean, I actually had a I had a situation a couple of weeks ago where I, I said, you know what? I said to my husband, I'm going to step back, I'm going to relax a little bit. My idea of relaxing, by the way, is not sitting watching yeah, it so I, I, I know exactly what
0: you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it, it's crazy it's <laughs> because I, 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 this is just a little bit of a tangent, and I appreciate you wanting to get on. <laughs> so. I feel as a high performance person when you're always striving for more and you've got such big aspirations there can be a disconnect with having gratitude for the here and now and I said to my husband I really need to just connect with the moment and to stop putting this external putting this internal pressure on myself um, and I truly believe that really embraced gratitude for the first time in years. And that week, the most strangest things happened to us. We raised half a million pounds in investment mm-hmm. the very next day. I got asked to speak at a really big event. We had a property come back to us from like six months before. and um, The street came on our radar for the first time. All this crazy stuff started to happen and uh, managed to secure some absolutely top world class A-list celebrities from a podcast. And that's all from taking a step back
0: and regrouping so it's just yeah i suppose that's just detaching from the outcome isn't it and being chilled and open to okay let it come in kind of thing and i love that and synchronicities seem to happen and you know people come out of nowhere people places events kind of transpire because they were always there you just weren't looking for them before you were that busy and focused but as soon as you stop being busy and it's almost like business meditation kind of thing isn't it um it is it's i, I love it as well every, every morning we do the visualizations and um but then release it to whatever comes is the right thing for all to come kind of thing and um, it's been absolutely fascinating and um, i love that street it's absolutely terrific i'm gonna to have to get a picture of that and put it up if you send it over we'll put it up uh, with the podcast because that's absolutely awesome who doesn't want to own a street is it we're going to? As if we're going to be re- going to be renamed Ellie Avenue?
1: Well, I wanted to call it Mackay Avenue. Apparently, you're not allowed.
0: <laughs> oh well, never mind. Anyway, um, so Ellie, one last thing: what would you leave um, every, all the listeners here? Anyone who wants to do an acquisition, raise some money. Uh, you know, try and get on the, the social me- media um, mastery without it mastering you. What will be your last piece of advice to leave everyone? And I've absolutely loved this, enjoyed it. Going to have to have you back on. What a story! Absolutely phenomenal. What a story! Maybe the end of this year or before, when you see how much money you've raised, um, we'll take it from there. Because when you're raising money, you're not just raising money as a kind of, you know. Um, a profit thing you're actually helping people change their life because you're creating passive income streams for them you're creating passive income streams for yourself well a big caveat what a passive income stream is after you do all the work then it's kind of set and forget going forward a lot of work to be done at the beginning ladies and gentlemen and do not do this without the aid of a safety net what's a safety net education dream team all around you um you know but you've, you've done all this you've created an impact for yourself impact for your investors And you're creating an impact on the local environment, which is great, leaving a legacy for generations to come. So it's, you know, more people should be involved in this. It's incredible how many people aren't involved in this because they haven't got the belief. So what would you leave them with in terms of that, how to take that first step, the belief?
1: It's kind of, actually, so I was going to say in terms of the social media stuff, you need to be a producer, not a consumer. Because if you're listening to the noise out there, there's no deals, Dan. There's no deals out there. There's no money we're all
0: Pardon my (laughs) French. That's all good. We allow French right here. You
1: like a bit bit of poetic
0: license, are you? Absolutely.
1: Just be careful, be careful who you listen to because I was told when we started our property business, I mentioned about the postnatal depression. Sam, my youngest, he's just turned four now. He was only five months old. I was told, what about Brexit? This is not a good time to get into property. I've got a five-month-old. I had a one-year-old. I had three kids under the age of five. I was pretty much told I was a bad mom, I Should be prioritizing my children. You know, I was allowing all these external influences, including the mainstream media, by the way, to influence who I was and my worldview. And that's why, whether it's the social media, whether it's the mainstream media, be careful what you let in, let in because we've all got an emotional bank account. We wake up every day and it's full. And if you're just going on your phone and going on the daily, the daily fail, or Facebook or whatever you're getting chipped, chipped, chipped away at. Surround yourself with people who you mentioned earlier that are actually walking the walk. They're actually raising finance. They're actually doing deals. Because whenever yeah. I do dip into this out of my bubble and into the real world, that's all I'm hearing that there's no deals. I'm thinking, well, we, we, our deal flows cool, our, our yeah. investment flows cool. So, who, who are you listening to? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So obviously. The most important thing in life, whether it's property acquisitions, whatever, business acquisitions, whatever, you want to make an impact, you want to change your life, be very careful what you allow to permeate between your ears, because that's where it all changes. That's that's where it starts, changes, and you start changing what you allow in there, and what that little voice says and start changing the you know the narrative of that little voice, that's when you start making headways and barriers come down, you get a belief and you take that one step forward. So... Ellie, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been awesome. Loved it. Love your journey. Love going from a single mum, going all in, selling the house, <laughs> and to the point in time where, you know, raised four million pounds in 2019. Can't wait to hear what you get on up to by the end of the year. And love to have you back again. So, Ellie, thanks very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. See you again.
1: Thanks, Sam. Bye. Thank you.
0: Bye.